What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? This is your girl, Say No Wind. I may be your fro. Oh, I said that wrong. I may be your friend. I may be your foe. I don't know. But all I know is I am so excited to be back with you all. I have another amazing guest. We have Gerald on the line with us. And I uh, I was so excited. I I was going through your posts and you just popped up. And I'm like, you want to be on my podcast? And you're like, I'm so fucking lootly. And I'm like, oh, let's go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, so uh, can you just go ahead and just introduce yourself to our audience and we'll just jump into it. Let's just talk. Let's gab. Let's catch up. Yeah. Well, um, as you said, my name is Jarrell Woods. I am a legendary father of the House of Trinity, uh, founder of the Black Rainbow Movement, first of my name, king of the Marine, uh, Marine king of the Andales and the first man, uh, lord of the seven kingdoms, protector of the realm, Khaleesi the grass sea, uh, <laughs> and mother of dragons. Um, <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I'm uh, excited to to be a part of this. Uh, me and my sister used to actually run a podcast, but um, it's so as you are seeing, sometimes it's hard to uh, maintain keeping it up when you've got you know your uh, regular life and you're trying to pay these bills, and it's like hard. I hate everybody right now, so mm -hmm. I'm glad that you're uh, uh, putting your voice out there and, and staying consistent. Well, I appreciate the appreciate you so much for saying that because it's a struggle. It is because the main job, as I was telling you offline, I, I work nights and I work uh, 12 hour shifts. And so I literally sent you that message like, can I get your email and pass completely out. So I appreciate your flexibility and your praise. Um, so tell me more. Like, I didn't know you had a house. Like, that's awesome. So I, I know that oh, yeah. you are in the ballroom scene. I feel like you brought the ballroom scene to Chattanooga. Am I mistaken? Or that's, to me, you put um, it <laughs> you're, you're not mistaken. Um, okay. I definitely, you know, of course, um, can't take ownership to, you know, ballroom as a whole, but I am, uh, did uh, bring the first ball to this area, to Chattanooga. Um, I, when I was still running uh, or working with uh, Tennessee Valley Pride, I was working as a community liaison. And during that time, uh, I kind of leveraged that organization to bring the very first ball to uh, chat. We had a great time. And I've been working in juncture with DC Theater um, to continue doing that. We've done three so far. Uh, and the fourth is coming up pretty soon. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited. And part of uh, what, uh, when I mentioned earlier, Black Rainbow Movement, part of the uh, reason I founded that was uh, to try to have a um, organization that uh, we can sort of use as a hub to continue uh, that type of programming. Because what I've noticed is that there's a lot of um, um, there are a lot of organizations, spaces, and things that are being done for um, people of color. There are a lot of organizations, spaces, and things being done for queer people, but those that fall in the intersection of that mm -hmm. are severely underserved. Mm -hmm. um, and ballroom is literally a shining beacon to the beauty that comes out of from people that live in that intersection as it were it was trans uh, women of color that started ballroom as a whole and it really was a hub for for that side of, uh, of the queer community that uh was um too queer for you know their um for, for their family and for their uh, their uh, cultural group and to uh, uh, and to colored for <laughs> the queer group, you know. Right. It's so just it, the, yeah. Yeah. 
So they created that space in the middle. So this is, yeah, the, that I am, yeah, the, uh, the first one to bring it. And from what I hear, someone else is about to throw uh, one of their own in the area too. So I'm excited about that. I'm definitely okay. loving that the people are still inspired and wanting to take on uh, perpetuating that. And they say mimicry, mimicry is the, uh, what, the most, the best form of flattery, I guess. So I'm glad that you brought that down and you're making spaces for other people of color and queer people to have these spaces in Chattanooga because it's such a small town. So for those who don't know, you're in Chattanooga and it's a small Tennessee town, but it's actually like, it's known, but it's still a small town to me. So it does not have the biggest, I don't feel like it has the biggest queer of color scene. So I'm glad that you brought that here and I'm looking forward to definitely coming to one because I don't know, I was introduced to Ballroom just from snippets on Instagram, but then I finally saw like a full show dedicated to it was Legendary on HBO which mm-hmm. boo to them they're canceling all the shows I, I we need to pick these up somehow <laughs> So, yeah, the thing about that, and I, I've got a strong opinion about that in particular, because I've noticed that it's not just, uh, um, you know, legendary, as you said, they're canceling all the shows, anything that seems to have anything to do with queerness, especially uh, queer uh, people of color, as being erased off of HBO. And yeah. I sat there and I said, let me take a look into seeing like, what, what's what's going on? Is there, is there, is it possible that something has shifted or changed over at HBO that has made this uh, happen? And I found out that uh, Cassie, uh, Cassie Bloys, that's C-A- S-E-Y-B-L-O-Y-S um, is the new, um, I think, uh, president of HBO Max. And under their leadership, uh, all of these shows are not just getting canceled, but completely removed from the platform. Um, yes, and it's taken away from them, actually, the people in it to actually make money, right? Exactly. It's just like it, uh, the the even if you were going to cancel the show, you would still leave it up. Like Netflix cancels um, um, a lot of their shows, but they still leave them up there for rewatch, so mm-hmm. that people who enjoyed them can go and relive those shows if they choose to, and they're just a part of their back catalog. They've completely removed Legendary from the platform. They completely, or they're going to, and they okay. completely removed. Uh, there's another show called Generation uh, that featured the brilliant talent of Justice Smith, and they took that one completely off the platform. I went to go take a look at it just to see. And uh, my friend, he called, he read the writing on the wall. He told me, uh, my friend Samaj, shout out to him, Samaj Journey. He's a, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's a, um, a black queer uh, author. Uh, okay. One of the people who helped spur me forward to publish my first book uh, called F the Apocalypse, which you can look it up at fdapocalypse.com. Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, he it will t- be in the bio. <laughs> right. He read the uh he read the writing on the wall and said that that um that legendary was soon gonna be canceled and we're just starting to notice like this is just uh, uh an attack on on content that uh, that depicts uh a queerness or especially especially if these are queer people of color like justice smith mm-hmm. you know is uh biracial you know actually you know gay man uh in in real life and uh and played you know this uh amazing character of named chester in that show uh who really just stole the show with his performance honestly and i want to go back and relive that that show that performance just to find out it had been completely erased from the platform however 
mm-hmm. Tubi. Tubi, huh? Come on, Tubi. Tubi. Right. Uh, going to go I was ahead. just about to let you know. I was hoping to surprise you. I was like, it's on Tubi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, like, Tubi. <laughs> Tubi said, let's uh, let's snatch that on up because uh, y'all y'all doing too much. Right. So you know, Tubi definitely seems like they're uh, creating space uh, for uh, people like myself and for uh, those for those films and those stories. Uh, like Secret Society, you know, was on Tubi. Uh, I was able to kind of like spread to a lot of different people for that. So I, I think it's uh, uh, brilliant. But yeah, like it's uh, HBO's got new leadership, and and yeah, he's cleaning house. He said he don't want no uh, rainbows, he don't want no purses, he don't want no uh, acrylics in his stuff. Oh my gosh, and that's so crazy. And uh, I hate that because I feel like in the last since what 2016, well, forever they've been trying to erase people of color. And and the one thing I cannot stand about our community is sometimes we fall into that trap of wanting to erase queer people of color from the mm-hmm. narrative. And I know that I I feel like that's also a product of the patriarchy, white supremacy. But we cannot erase the um, we cannot and should not erase the the things that the queer community has done for our community because it's not like it's a separate community it's that like you said the intersectionality that we need to recognize and praise within our community and just fight for it um well i mean true Mm -hmm. i mean it's it's been my experience um coming up when i was younger that i honestly i mean yeah okay is there some sort of privilege that comes with queerness? You know what? For, I mean, it's been my experience that yes, there is. Mm-hmm. There is a benefit of the doubt that black men are usually denied, but I'm going to be given that benefit of the doubt because if my queerness is visible or mm-hmm. if people are aware of it, then some, all immediately I become less harmful. I become less mm-hmm. of a threat. I become more trustworthy because my queerness somehow makes me more acceptable in, you know, uh, at least... Um, white society. Um, mm-hmm. As I was coming up, a lot of my best close friends were uh, our Caucasian brothers and sisters because they were way more accepting and open about my queerness than you know my uh, black friends were. Uh, and like in black, in my black communities, like my queerness could be a death sentence. Like yeah. it was that crucial, you know, yeah. growing up in the nineties, you know. So uh, like the, the white, they 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 accepted me for who I was thought I was cool for who I was, uh, but little did I know at the time I was being fetishized. <laughs> you know, oh, okay. You know, I was, I was ask, like, why do you think that? Okay. The yeah, because I was being, you know, I was being fetishized. I was, I was, I was exotic, you know, mm. I was, I was black. So I had that sort of cool edge to myself, but because my queerness yeah. made, you know, my blackness softer and more approachable, the, uh, and the fact that, you know, blackness and queerness all, you know, were seen to be like vinegar and oil, you know, uh, I mean, water and oil, you know, as far as they didn't mix in most people's minds, I was a sort of exotic and, and unique thing, mm-hmm. you know, that they could kind of, you know, parade around and this is my gay black friend. Oh, so you were the, the gay BF or the gay GBF or GBF uh, or whatever? Yeah, the, the, the like black, G- the, the BGBF, the black GBF. Yeah. Right, right. Oh, that's interesting. Because I know, like, I know there was always in our time, because I think we're about around the same age, that we just, it was always either joked about but never accepted or it was just it was just it was just not a good way to treat people it was more like an object instead of a person yeah know how to treat people 
Mm-hmm. And honestly, was it uh, it was something that we just really didn't discuss. You know, if we if we did, our version of acceptance was silence. Yeah, yeah we, we, just, we just we just don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. Oh, we pretend like, girl. Now you know that that auntie that's been coming with that same quote quote roommate for the past <laughs> thirty years to every barbecue is not no dang roommate. That's her wife, y'all. Like, except that they've literally adopted three kids that are running around here. Who who y'all? What do y'all think is going on? <laughs> you know. It's, it's that uh, ignorance bliss or you know yeah ignorance bliss and we just don't talk about it we just we just pretend like it's not there right you know and, um and not to sound uh what's that word stereotypical but not, uh, but silence is violence when it comes to feeling accepted and seen because it's it's the erasure because you're mm-hmm. not you're it's like you're not accepting you're just being tolerant and nobody wants to be just tolerated you want to be right. loved and accepted and what have you do you feel like we're on a better we're definitely in a better path or do we do you feel like it's just being more it's more regressive because um tell it say it say it if you gotta do more then just you're gonna have to do the last thing. I'm sorry, no, nah, you know no, I, don't I, I love the original. Apologize. I love the original version. Like I'm yeah. not gonna, I, you know, because you know, uh, Brownstone did that. But um, <laughs> what was I gonna say? Um, oh, I, mm. uh. these are things I talk about in private, and I think I'm gonna choose this opportunity in your platform to be willing to say it out loud. Let's go. And you know, you know, we're you two, you and I are both, you know, black people, you know, and one thing we have to understand is we are making a lot of progress. Mm-hmm. But there still are a lot of very backwards ideals and ideologies that are rearing their ugly head as of late on TikTok, on these oh. podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there are a lot of people that are coming up in opposition and and and, and combating against that, but we're not really getting to the root of and talking about some of the subtleties in which uh that we per, per um, perpetrate a lot of this violence against ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. So <laughs> as as a as a black gay man, mm-hmm. I know sometimes it feels like you know yeah. Well, it's usually a lot. Uh, it, it, I always usually advise for us to kind of like speak to our own demographic. You know, try to hold ourselves and the, the people who look and live the, the experiences we do accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this one, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to speak to women, my, my black women, because you know this is a perspective we- that y'all probably aren't aware of. Um, when it comes to gay men, mm-hmm. y'all love us until you get mad. Mm. And when you get mad, that F word comes slipping out your mouth a little bit too slick and too quick. Mm-hmm. Black women, why is it always you that's got to point out, you know, that's a man, you know, that's she tra- you know, that's a man, she trains, you know, that's a man. It's always it, like, like literally everyone else might think it. Some people might not even think about it. But it's going to be that black girl that's going to point that out and say, hey, that's a man. That's a man. Why is it that, why is it you that, because I'm starting to see in my, even in younger, the interaction with the younger people, that young boys, young black men are way more understanding and accepting of gay, other gay, you know, men being around them and gay boys being around them. They're, they're a lot more understanding and accepting of it now. They even have some of their best of friends will be gay. But the problem comes in when, the girls come and get involved and the girls say, oh, why are you hanging out with him? 
Mm. You must be this. He must be that. I was telling a friend a story the other day about how uh, I used to have a friend uh, back at CCA when I went to Chattanooga Center for Creative Arts. His name was Marvin, and Marvin was a uh, um, really you know uh, he was a you know the hot black kid with the dreads. He sang and did gospel, and he also did rap and stuff like that too. All the girls liked him. He was a vocal major, you know. Uh, but he and I connected over music. He would like, you know, we would meet on lunchtime in Mr. Leftford's room. And he would play me whatever track he was working on and get my opinion on it or my critiques of it. You know, we we clicked. It didn't matter that I was gay or that he, and that he was straight. Like it was just that we were we were connected over the music, right? Mm-hmm. So one day we had a concert that was off campus. So he and I ended up having to think wait for rides. Um, and while we were waiting, Miss um, Calloway's like like rehearsing seven different ensembles because that's something that she directed at the school at the time. I don't know how that woman did it. Um, and while the women's ensemble is being uh, worked on, Marvin uh, says to me, uh, hey, so I used to live in this area nearby. You know, they're going to be working for a while. I want to go and sit explore my old neighborhood. Come walk with me. Sure, why not? Right. <laughs> so he and I, we go walk to his old neighborhood. He sees some people he recognizes. They kind of reminisce and, and, and stuff like that. Tell him who's there, who's gone, who moved away, all that good stuff. Um, and then after about maybe it probably took us about 45 minutes all together to get there and have the experience to come back, you know. Uh, and by the time we came back, we walked through the doors. And we hear giggling on the stage because the girls are on the stage, so they have the vantage point of the entire auditorium. So they see that we left together, and they see mm. that we came back in together. Oh, yeah, I know. right. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> later on, I you know start to speak to one of the girls. I go to give her a hug, and she literally pushes me off of her. What? Goes, Ew! What did you and Marvin do? I was like, Are you serious? Oh my god! Are you serious, girl? Like you don't know that boy is straight as an arrow. Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing going on there but the rent, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Not the rent, okay. Yeah. <laughs> nothing going on there but some grades, okay? The academia. And so, um, but ever since that interaction and the way that the girls treated him, we, he, I've started to notice that he didn't talk to me as much anymore, uh, anymore after that. Mm, we didn't meet after, we didn't meet in, uh, during lunch anymore to go over music, none of that. Oh, Our relationship yeah. changed because Mm-hmm. these girls just couldn't fathom the idea. But also, ladies, I don't necessarily blame this uh, blame this on you all because I recognize that there is, that misogyny has taught women to see each other as competition. Yeah. And they've taught uh, them to see anyone that is a competitor for male affection as competition as well. Okay. Yeah, men, like boy, the gay boys are no threat at first. Until you see, you know, one of your uh, your uh, friends' boys looking at them too much or hanging around too much, mm-hmm. you know. And then once the situation becomes a threat, then that 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 doctrine kicks in that uh, you got to you have to defend yourself to you have to get the man, get the man. And even though we're doing a lot of uh, of work to break those cycles, and I'm so glad that a lot of women are finding the uh, the, the understanding that you know. You don't need a man. Yeah, we realize that now. And now, society, we don't need a man. It used to be back in the day when people did need a man. It was because it was illegal for you to own property. It was illegal right. for you to have a bank account. You couldn't sustain yourself if you didn't and, have a man. 
And a lot of people don't realize like women didn't have the ability to get their bank own bank accounts until like the sixties or seventies. Right. So and and thing is I and I get you and I hear it and because I actually agree there is a toxicity in women that is not talked about, which I'm glad you did mention that it's ingrained in us. Like the behaviors are ingrained in us from the beginning of society where we were taught that women were below men, but then even lower, black people were below people. <laughs> and then so that's right. like, we're always- And fighting. if women were below men and black people are below people, then black women are what? Right, exactly. <laughs> and that's why I think there is like, um, one of my favorite podcasters, and I, I think she's, I think she's pretty, pretty famous. I didn't hear about her until I started listening to this podcast called The See the Thing Is. And her name is Blue Toulousean. Mm-hmm. And I and she was talking about how black women who have issues with black gay men are being the white person in the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and because it's like with as a black woman, we had to either we had to always carve out a lane as because we're not considered we're low because we're women and then we're low because we're black and then we're just, we're just right under the the dot the the uh the the hierarchy and then so we find so when we find a person to be mean to because we've been mean to and we have not had any upper ground we have always had to like crawl or i'm not trying to throw us like you know what i'm trying to say like no i'm saying uh, what, what what you're saying is yeah the abused becomes the abuser. Abuser. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. And, and in so this situation, we, this we, we found a community, and I never thought about this from perspective, but wow. Mm-hmm. In this um, situation, y'all have found a community that literally that people look down on less than you. It's yeah. like, what, what? Finally, we're not at the bottom of the totem pole. Mm-hmm. Finally. You know, it's like, because, like, you know, the black, uh, gay like men but then even then you don't under like uh what a lot of women don't uh realize our black women don't realize is that that demonization of gay men the subjugation of gay men is a part of misogyny they view men wanting to be with other men as being feminine and that's why they deserve less and that's why they're less than and you uh actively acting against gay people is Basically, you co-signing. Yes, women are less than. Yes, women aren't less uh, or less deserving. And femininity needs to be punished. Mm-hmm. That's and and it's so weird because you're blaming people blame femininity. Like you find black men blaming you don't want to be feminine, and then we're doing the same thing and we're demonizing femininity. But thing is, if you don't like it in somebody else, then why do you like it in yourself? You know, like why is it okay? You're demonizing attributes. Or adjectives that are just normal adjectives. Like I get tired since we're kind of going into that masculine and feminine thing. I hate the I hate those terms because those are just blanket phrases mm-hmm. that holds adjectives that all people can have inside them. Right. <laughs> so- well, and honestly, the true uh, in in because we take we we're like with so many uh, so much of us. And so many things have been indoctrinated into us that they keep oh. us from looking deeper. Right. Like, you know, I, I'm, 
Lord, that I'm white supremacy go got a chokehold on us. Am I going to go there? Am I going to go there? Yeah, Let's go. go. Okay. So like, for instance, for instance, not necessarily the content of the religion, but the way we practice religion has taught us not to look deeper. They're like, don't look deeper. Don't think too much. Don't read too much because you might learn too much and then we can't control you as much. Exactly. Because it comes from even with slavery. They didn't even give us the whole Bible. And we couldn't read it anyway. Right. It was just a symbol of some a symbolic thing to keep us down and make it make it seem okay that we are in this position and that they are over this position over us. And that's that white that's because I've been working on a lot of decolonization of my own religion, my own relationship with God, my own my own relationship with my blackness, my relationship with my body, because a lot of this stems from a hierarchical need to subject to like subjugate people right that comes from also white supremacy like all this shit is literally because we deemed whiteness as the the, 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 that we the all want to get to it's the default it's the default it's the default exactly it's the default humanity it's like even like i was telling somebody on tiktok i was like even like our ai's default to whiteness even right. even the filters default to whiteness everything defaults to whiteness and blackness is still we and even in our own community we have a hard time seeing humanity in each other and that is something like i agree that that's part of the problem but we have to let it go because it's not serving it serving us it's not serving white people it's serving white men who are heterosexual presenting but it's not serving any of us in the capacity that we wanted to. The, okay, the way that this system and the, the society we live in right now, this white supremacist dominated system we live in right now uh, is set up. The people at the top of the food train are white, rich, Protestant, cisgender, uh, straight males. Correct, yep. And the further you get away from that description, if you are a uh, rich, Protestant, cisgender, straight, uh, white woman. See, you've already stepped down a rung. Yep. <laughs> yep. If you are a cisgender, uh, white, uh, straight male who is poor, you drop down a few rungs. Because <laughs> okay. white people don't like uh, poor white people anyway. No, they don't. They don't. And it's funny because... The, the and the poor white people are the loudest when it comes to uh, anti-blackness, racism, and I was like, you know, all that is by design too. Yep. This is ultimately not even because y'all. It's not even about uh, wasn't even about white and black. It was about rich and poor. The Europeans came in, they took it like uh, slaves, and they had uh, you know your indentured servants, and they had the slaves too, right? Mm -hmm. So the slaves and indentured servants were looking at each other one day and said, "Man." Can I curse? Yeah. Oh, man, fuck this <laughs> shit. And they <laughs> overthrew, <laughs> uh, and they overthrew the city and burned, you know, and they burned uh, a lot of, you know, a shit down, right? Like mm -hmm. a lot of these rebellions happened uh, numerously with uh, historians or, or history. They tried to erase that. So they didn't want us to know that white people, poor white people and black people tab ran together and seen results. But the problem was they were able to flip that on its head by creating that division. They created race so that the poor white people could feel like they were just a little bit better than them other ones. Exactly. You know, they elevated them just slightly. Just yeah, slightly. you don't get, you don't get us. You don't get, you don't get a piece of the pie. You don't, mm -hmm. you don't get this butt. 
you're you're you, but you're like me. You're like me. No, 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 no. Look at that house. Don't look at that money. Don't look at the, 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 the you don't you don't get that. But but you but you could you could, if you worked hard enough, just like me, like just like me, you will be able to inherit one day all of this stuff too. Because I just like I inherited it. But you got to work hard. Yeah. <laughs> but, the, but the one thing that gets me, you okay? Bless you. Yep. Mm-hmm. The one thing that gets me about our community is that we divide ourselves into so many categories, right? Mm-hmm. And so we've got the light-skinned Blacks, the dark-skinned Blacks, we got the gay Blacks, the gay female Blacks. But thing is, what the what white people did is that, that like you said, we was like, oh, let's instead of like dividing poor whites, let's bring all the whites together. I don't care if they're Polish white, Irish white, Jewish white. We're going to bring all the white people together and give and give them this level of superiority because we're going to accept them into this group that we will not allow black people in. Right. And then, now, mind you, they, they do have divisions amongst themselves as well. They do. They do. But now, they created yeah. but they created with the, the, the one thing that they all share is that phenotype because yep. racism is by phenotype. It's not exactly. necessarily by where you come from, where mm-hmm. from from your origin. It's about what do you look like? When I look at you, do yep. you carry certain attributes that I perceive as black or brown or uh, Hispanic or Latinx? Or do I, you know, do you look white? So those people that look white are given this one big advantage. It's called the yep. benefit of the doubt. Exactly. And they're giving that opportunity to because you can't tell a poor person all the time if because mm-hmm. uh, you can tell like because well you got rich people who dress like homeless people now anyway but you see that right. one thing i was like okay you're light-skinned or you're white so you're cool i'm gonna give you that opportunity to benefit of doubt but with us in our community because we have that white supremacy on that chokehold and we will we we keep thinning out our community because we refuse to like each other because of your proximity to whiteness or your proximity to being gay. No, we should just all be together. And then we try to reach out to other communities, but then sometimes those communities get accepted into the white community, i.e. the ideal, because we're going to go there, we're going to go there, the ideal, the, 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 um, the ideal Asian American. Because mm. we, were, we had a great relationship with Asian people, Jewish people, um, all the people who were marginalized, but then when they realized we were gaining power and numbers, they kept making these. They were like they made it easier for the other marginalized communities to come in. They like and then up. yeah, and then they started seeing that. Then those communities were like, yeah, we're not. Yeah, we we can't keep slumming it down there with y'all. Y'all know how hard it is. Like we finally uh-huh. got our seat at the table, right? Rather, yeah, and rather than standing with you know with yeah, it is it's difficult. Yeah. yeah. Yep, and that's. And again, that white supremacy chokehold. And I just wish we would just see it in ourselves and just stop fighting within, even within the diaspora, like within Africa. Like we be fighting Africans. We get mad at Africans and Africans get mad at us. But to me, that's still a distraction. That's a lie because every time I talk to a person who is from Africa, who is from a different country in Africa, they're like, we love black people. I don't know where y'all get this from. Yeah, that's a woman on TikTok. She literally, in her video went viral. And she said, I want, she said, this is from, you know, she said, this is from, you know, I'm calling, you know, making this message from Africa right now. I want you all to know black people. She said that they 
it was in the best interest of colonizers for them to believe, for make you believe that we don't like you, that we don't want yep. you here, that we have that we have issues with you, and we don't. We love you. She said, "We love you. Come home." <laughs> she said, <laughs> "She said, come home." I knew it. <laughs> Yeah, come home. I mentioned that the, there is, uh, you know, like there's so much, you know, love here for you all. We 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 represent. We realize that you all are our stolen brothers and sisters. We love you. Mm, yeah. You know, she said it was in their best interest to make them believe that y'all were that that that, that, that we don't like you or that there's something. No, we we love you. Please, like there's mm-hmm. an issue. She said the only problem we do have. He says when y'all make fun of our accents or because when y'all uh, uh, impart negative qualities onto us or say that we're, you know, stupid or primitive because we're African, we don't, uh, she said that we don't like. But right. other than that, you know, they're like, you know, we love you. <laughs> exactly. And it's all control. It's all manipulation. Because if we find commonality, one, within ourselves and stop fighting within ourselves, and hold each other accountable. But I think that's also, I'm, I'm jumping because, you know, this this podcast is co-sized as Hanches, but I know you can follow me. We good. Right. But that's part of, because I feel like if they can control, because we are the trendsetters as mm-hmm. the country. We created everything. We created their, their music. Their, they they patent their their early their theater. Their styles, their music. Everything, everything. But if, they, if we give that all back to our country, to our to our continent of origin, America would have not a motherfucking thing. And they keep us relegated here. You keep the infighting because if we all leave, they ain't gonna have shit to do but play corn, cornhole, even though I love cornhole. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> and they've never done anything, <laughs> they've never done anything with integrity. Mm-hmm. It's all and, like, and some people have to uh, didn't understand. They're like, oh yeah, they were able to come in and conquer all these uh, these uh uh, colonies because they had, they were had greater power firepower. Yeah, wasn't nobody worried about them little bitty ass BB guns. Okay, <laughs> let me no. tell y'all something. Them Aztecs was not worried about the BB guns. The uh, the the Dora Milaje were not worried about the BB guns. <laughs> <laughs> okay, y'all yeah, know what I'm talking about. Yeah, right. But yeah, yeah, all right. I know the the woman king the woman was came. not worried was not worried about them little BB guns. Okay. The Amazons that those that said those these were those are African female warriors. Those the Amazon that, that later on they turned into called them the Amazons and made them Greek and whitewashed them. No, that was us. There wasn't no Diana, there wasn't no Wonder Woman. And if there was a Wonder Woman, she would be 35, 30, uh, what is it, was it 36, 35, 36? <laughs> <laughs> she would be a brick house, baby. Come a on, brick house, right? Brick house. Right, with a, with a thick ass fro, okay? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, um, the, the what really uh what really contributed to the conquest of colonizers and colonization was the nasty ass diseases you know I was in their damn and let me I must I must have to say this because I'm not we're not trying to bash all white people like I love white people I have a lot of this is gonna sound real like white person I have a lot of white friends okay <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing but love for all people I'm just holding people accountable for the things that they did. Well, let me say <laughs> something. If you're an ally, if you're trying to erase ally, my history, come on. Right, and I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm saying, like, uh, if you're an ally, then you should have the cognitive uh, uh, capabilities 
and the comprehension skills to understand that when we say white people, we're talking about the supremacist and white uh, movement and that all white people, unfortunately, whether you are active or not, you are a participant or a contributor or a benefactor of that system. You, like, you can be the most down ally and be right by our side, but you still have the benefit of the doubt. If you're not by me and they don't know who you are, when you walk out in the street, they're going to like, like it's, um, I put it like this, a, a, a friend of mine, well, an ex-friend of mine, because fuck her now. But uh, she put um, a really great thing in perspective for me once. Like she said, um, we tried to explain white privilege to her. And she said, oh, okay, I get it. She said, so, because she was white, she's like, so if I was chasing Jarrell down the street, people would get out of their cars and help me to chase him. But if he was chasing me down the street, people would get out of their cars to stop me, him from chasing me. Oh, yeah. Without any context, they just see white yeah. women being chased by black men. He must be bad. Mm-hmm. And vice versa, uh, he must be bad. <laughs> yeah, he must be bad. It's like, oh, he's bad. He's not exactly. Because you could be chasing her because she stole your wallet. But mm-hmm. no, you're again, it goes back to what we were talking about, the benefit of the doubt when it comes to a white person versus a black person. And we even do that inside our own minds. Like I remember watching the 13th, which I don't hear people talk about a lot. Like they keep acting surprised about the new Jim Crow, um, how the prison system is nothing but uh, the new neo-slavery. I was like, Ava did when they been put us on game. Right. The 13th happened. Huh? Have we forgot? It's still on Netflix, y'all. That movie traumatized me. I watched it twice. <laughs> I was like, I watched way too much, cried tears because I didn't realize how much the black, because they talked about how blackness, how they pulled the wool over black people's eyes as well about other black people. And it mm. started with the crack epidemic. It started and then with jail systems. It's like, oh, that's a good thing. We should put up criminals, even if they look like us. And now we're realizing that we've been okie doke since we <laughs> got out of slavery. <laughs> exactly. Hell, and I mean, hell, much. Michelle Alexander actually uh, uh, put us up on game with the book, The New uh, Jim Crow, exactly. that came out like 2010. Like, you right. know, <laughs> but like the thing is, like, um, yeah, they, they just like everything shifted. It's not that, just that things changed, it's just things shifted. It's like outward and, and blatant racism became mm-hmm. all pretty much mostly uh, uh, illegal. So, People, you know, stopped doing it. They changed the 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 narrative. Rather than saying ghetto, they started saying inner city. Rather yep. than saying uh, 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 or woke now, that's woke. Black folks, they started saying uh, 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 low income. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they just changed the language and stuff like that. And so, yep. like the the language, the the racism became less overt. It became more covert yeah, and became more systematic. I yeah. said so. It just sort of became permeated throughout the uh, through throughout um what we do and it's like people are uh uh we we do um dehumanize each other is what we do yeah like and i said like a lot of times it's like um uh people of color black people i always say do y'all not understand that why like, white people literally look at you and think some white people look at you and don't and don't think that you have the same rich you know full experience of life as they do they mm-hmm. think of you as two-dimensional you're a caricature yeah. Right, like uh, the girl I saw a girl on TikTok went to a party, a work party. It was all white. She's wearing all white as she should because she's a member of the of, of this crew. You know, there were only another, one other black girl in the party, and she was part of the catering crew. Mm-hmm. 
right? Mm. And at one point, she said the other the uh, other caterer girl walks up to her and starts talking to her. Hey, are we supposed to something? And she catches herself and says, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were the other girl, right? Mm-hmm. Mind you, she said, these two girls do not look alike at all. Never and, do. And the thing about this is not because it says because all they saw was your blackness. Mm-hmm. They don't see deeper than that. Once they see you as black, that's all they see. And every other black person reminds you of them. If you're a black person with a high energy personality, then you remind them just like that other high energy black person. Mm-hmm. I had if the same a, thing. At the right. If you're a low energy black person, you remind them of the same other low energy black person that they remember. Exactly. And it's not and it's not even like that like it's that the energies are, are the same or that you even have uh some similar characteristics because you finally meet that person and y'all like we are nothing of nothing alike. alike. I had the exact same situation happen with a girl that I work with and we're still friends now and we we look similar but not really like we maybe wore she wore her long I wore mine in a fro and we both wore glasses but I swore every time like a lot of people thought I was her and vice versa and like I don't even work at the job no more she said people still come in and think that I'm that she is me I was like what (laughs) I'm like we have been separated for seven years from this job. And that's I, and I, that and when that happens, it makes me wonder. I was like, what do you see as a white person when you're going through life? Do you just see blotches of brown, black, mm-hmm. and other black. colors? Black. Like, black. Do you just see like little walking like brown sickles just walking and you just don't actually see us? But it was this uh, other podcast uh, I listened to. It was some woman named Liz and she talked about um, she's on the podcast called Man Enough and she's the only woman and one of the characters, this black, not characters the host, he's like, why should a man listen to you talking about masculinity? And she she talks about like helping men and just understanding why men are the way they are because of the patriarchy, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then so she, he, she said to him, she said the same way that you know about white people is the same way I understand men because as a marginalized person, we know them, we see them, we have to break down, it's not our enemy, but we have to see the person that could cause us harm and we have to observe them. And she says the same thing about masculinity. Right. It's it's, Think about it. Like I said, we keep, I I always use the Use the metaphor of abuser and uh, and and that's the and, easiest way. And, yeah. yeah, and and, uh, and abused. Mm-hmm. It's like women have been historically abused by men, have been used by men systematically. They have made laws and put things in place to where men have a legal authority over women, you know, and because mm-hmm. they they had that legal authority over women and they, women had no autonomy, women had to. Understand, like you think about it, like when you're living in a house with a, with an abusive parent, you figure you you learn everything about them, their mannerisms, what they don't no, like, what they don't like, when they when they're gonna blow, when they're gonna yep. pop, when they're in a bad mood, when what how like it, sometimes you start to learn. Okay, like uh, I, I just have to, uh, he, he they're on a rise right now, and if I do play it just right, I could I could defuse it exactly. I, you know, like and that's exi- literally what women have to do for men all the time i had this conversation with my uncle like because he's uh he's i don't know his dumb ass decided he wanted to get him to andrew tate tate stuff i'm gonna have to get you i'm gonna get you to gather so i no, i would not allow my brother to get into that shit either i'm like no (laughs) right so he said some uh he said something about women having privilege because men buy them stuff 
I said men buy them stuff because they're trying to fuck. That's uh-huh. not privilege. That's literally it's like because you want something from me. And honestly, let's talk about what privilege really is. Privilege isn't being given opportunities just because you are who you are. Privilege is being able to give opportunities. Mm. And the men are the one in the position to give the opportunities to these women. Exactly. Right. And, and the and thing the, that gets oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Hold on, yeah, because I was like, uh, uh, the one thing I really wanted to make him understand was, I said, I said, and also, I said, I said, let me t- t- tell you what privilege is. I said, the fact that you, when you leave out here right tonight and you're going to walk to your car, you do not have to even think or cross your mind, am I going to be attacked? Mm-mm. I said, every woman in this room, and I was losing that with his sister, which is my mom, mm-hmm. my, uh, my, uh, my sister, my, cu- my two of my girl cousins. Uh, my great aunt, her daughter, uh, we well, several women in this room, right? And I said, I don't know a single woman, I said, who has not uh, been assaulted. Not a single one. And and I, told, and, I, and, he, and I looked around the room. I said, see, no one's speaking up to say not me. See, every woman in this room, your family, every last one of them mm. has been assaulted and taken advantage of by a man. Mm. But you said it got privilege. Mm. No, they said that ain't no privilege because that guy buys that four for four and now he thinks he's entitled to something. Exactly. And clearly, more often than not, they'll take it. Yeah. You think that's privilege, bro? I was like, that's just because she doesn't want to get hurt. That's because she doesn't want to mm-hmm. get hurt. Because it's and- easier to say yes and to be amenable than to say no and risk the wrath of some man you don't know. Exactly. Exactly. Just be honest. And what gets me about that, men are complaining about the the situations that were created by men. Right. I was like, y'all made these rules, right? Y'all know y'all <laughs> made these rules where women had to be an object for your for sexual pleasure and for your life. You made these rules. You relegated women into certain things in society. And now you're mad that we are still playing into these roles, but because we want the power. I was like, y'all manipulated us for 400 years. Right. <laughs> you know? So, but thing is, but not to take away the ideas of accountability, because I wanted to kind of go back and talk about Black women and accountability, accountability because that's one thing I've noticed, because you talked about a trash friend as well, that I didn't realize how toxic women were <laughs> mm-hmm. until I've gotten older. And I think that's one thing we have to also hold women accountable because it's again it's like how we blame whiteness for the situations that black people are in i i see that but we also still have to see what we do with the situations that whiteness put us in you know if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. we we became the abuser because we're abused so we have to stop that it's like my thing i be i was thinking about women i'm like what do we want do we want revenge or we want equality because i see some women who treat men terribly i was like but then you you cry oh lord that sounds very misogynistic uh but we 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 call out and we get upset about things but what about the things that we do that perpetuates these negative attributes that were forced on us? And literally, you demand this, this the, the same toxic masculinity that has oppressed you mm-hmm. when you want to get your back broken or when you want some dude to talk to you real disrespectfully, but only in a way that turns you on. Mm-hmm. 
You're like, come on. Like, and, and those, here's the thing. Those types of things can be possible, but you have to allow these your, your these men to be able to explore other avenues of their emotional health. Like, they get mm-hmm. to the point to where they can't, they can't talk to, like, I've said, I, I, um, so many men, you know, I've said, they, they don't get emotional. They try not to talk to what, and so many girls like, well, he don't open up. I said, well, why? well, when he does open up the first time you get mad at him, you're going to throw up in his face. You was crying to me like a bitch about this thing. Mm-hmm. I've seen it happen. I've seen um, it happen. I've heard it happen, too. Yeah. And, it's like, and it's like, so, because your man decided to try to finally be a human fucking being, you made fun of him for it and reprimanded him for having emotions, which is exactly what happened to him throughout his entire life. Black men especially were taught, that men as a general were taught, we can't have any emotion other than, than, than happiness, but not too happy mm-hmm. and anger. Right. And you can only be happy in the service of whiteness because you got to shuck and jive. Shuck and jive. And, so, and then it's like, or, or happy in, in the sense of, I'm excited about sports or I'm excited about this, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and But then, like, you can't, you can't show too much emotion. You can't show too much affection. I mean, I literally had, like, how many times have I heard, and I still heard, I heard these kids in McDonald's, I'm sitting in McDonald's on Highway 58, these kids were having a conversation while I was waiting on my order, and the girl was telling them, "Oh well, you know, you just have to understand. Like, she just thought she, 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 you know, thank you, cute, but but she don't like you because you're too nice, and you gotta uh, be a little, you gotta be a little mean, a little bit." I said, "Mean, oh my gosh, sis, yeah, like why do y'all want someone that's I going to disrespect mean. you? Why do y'all want to be Krishan and Blueface? We oh my want- gosh, that's because we some people don't know better, and also." you've been programmed to see that because and it, now this goes into the mental health conversation it's all about the emotional intelligence of that person mm-hmm. and that's to me a new subject for all of us especially mm-hmm. in the black community because i remember like talking to a friend of mine they were talking about boundaries i was like what is that mm-hmm. i didn't understand i didn't understand in accountability and i didn't understand it in context same same thing with accountability i kept hearing people like Throwing accountability, I'd be like, but do we, what is that? And so I had to Google it. I was like, what is it? And so when I realized the definition, I was like, okay, now this is what I want to see for people. Accountability is one, you take ownership of the things that you did. Two, you're changing those behaviors and you really apologize for it. Not apologize how it made me feel, but apologizing for making me feel that certain way. And then changing those behaviors. So I feel like that's something that's not taught in our family because I still have to break my brothers down and try to like, so what are you feeling? How are you feeling? Or try to like describe it for them because they're, they're men of the nineties. So they're Gen Xers, Gen Zers, no Gen Xers. So you already know that energy just ain't, energy is just not as strong. Right, strong, but it's more focused in rage or silence, or I'm just gonna laugh this off, or I'm gonna drink about it or smoke about it. Exactly, rather than because I'm like rather than just going, man. If you want to cry, cry, right, cry. And if you are, if you're a woman that can't, uh, that seems relates to a man is less than a man because he's crying. That that's crazy. And then also like the whole thought of like, well, I want a man that's gonna be able to protect you. Protect you from what? 
What? What do you need to like? What do you need to protect them for? Maybe like those police officers and and and, and, and <laughs> well, not police officers. Forget them. But there's, right. you know, there's safety systems in place for your support for to, to protect you from uh, outside dangers. But what are you doing? Do you plan on putting him in a situation where he has to defend you? Mm, that's a good point. Like, what do you need I... protection from? You should just want love, security, and somebody that you can trust, and somebody that honors you and and, and respects who you are, and somebody whose bullshit you can deal with. Because everybody's going to have bullshit. You're never going to find somebody that's going to be completely perfect. Another thing, too, the great Michelle Obama said, like, no relationship is 50-50. Like, mm-hmm. they're ever, never going to be 50. Sometimes you're going to be 60. Sometimes he's going to be 40. Sometimes you're going to be uh, 30. He's going to be 70. I mean, it just works that way, you know? Mm-hmm. But that comes down to just actually having real conversations. And again, that's not something I grew up. I grew up seeing my mom and dad talk. They fought, but they weren't like, I feel like they were kind of outliers. They were born in the 40s, but I still felt like they gave, I don't know, they gave my brothers the emotional leeway, but I feel like it wasn't emotionally um, suffocating. Like, I felt like we could emote. And like I've seen my dad emote, but he was drunk. But that was how the only way they didn't know how to emote. <laughs> like get drunk, emote, and dance and have fun or be angry. But luckily he was not on the ladder. But I feel like with us learning how to communicate more as people, having conversations like we're doing now and not getting offended, it's just you understand where people are coming from. That way you can try to show them a way out you know like you you came through this path but let me show there is a way out of right. the anger and the suppression of your emotions and think is what people fail to realize we wouldn't need to be protected if we stop hurting people whoa you better breach right. <laughs> come on somebody have a so, speak of tongues <laughs> See, got me chills. I got chills for real. I'm like, mm. now I can't claim that I heard that from somebody else. I wanted to because you got the feels, but still, I heard that and, I, and that shook me. I was like, fuck. Yeah, we... Hurt people, hurt people. Exactly. And even we hurt people emotionally by not giving space to each other to emote, especially with black men. Like, I think, and I heard, like, I started hearing this, it was this guy on TikTok and he was like, women are you going to start holding your ancient friends accountable and i was like hmm, what's he talking about and he talked about how there's there's the black women who would have sexual relations i'm gonna go there with younger black men mm-hmm. and they would and we don't talk about that oh and no I'm let like, me tell you like my i have a, I have a friend of mine he's uh he's straight uh, but he's actually also a sex worker. Like that's what he does full time. But uh, and he talked about talked to me about how he pretty much was was young and been taken and been taken advantage of, you know, in an early age, you know, yeah. by an older woman. And we don't talk about that. We, and the thing about this is like the idea is only men do that to, to to people. Only men are attacking and hurting people. But we sit there, but but and we sit there, and we're so quick to to look at that old uh, that that twenty year old with that forty year old guy. And we're so quick to turn our nose up at that, even though that's two consenting adults. But right. that grown ass woman touching on your fourteen year old son, you know, you tell him about that way to go, boy. Mm-hmm. Like. Because it, it, it came up with, uh, oh, Boosie, how he was, to me, facilitated the assault of his young, four, was he 14? Yes, it and facilitated like, the assault of it, paid a sex worker to assault his child and so that he wouldn't end up gay. Right. I'm like, honey, like, if he ends up gay, oh, I I would want that before he, because you're, you created an environment 
of sexual assault for that child where he does not understand yes or no. Like he didn't understand consent because you haven't created that foundation of consent for him. And that's something like I didn't realize that I don't think our parents understood that because like they didn't come from uh they didn't come from parents who understood consent. Hell, my parents were born in the 40s, their parents were born in the 1900s. Right. They were two generations, but if not, maybe one or two generations from slavery themselves, if not sharecropping. My dad picked cotton. <laughs> so exactly. especially especially when it comes to and, and you know it's what's, what's funny too, and I'm gonna have to explain myself for all black people that you know they're listening, everybody that's listening, because I was I used to be a preschool teacher. They asked a question one time when we were doing a training about learning how to identify with you know children are possibly being abused and how to report mm-hmm. that and uh and certain things like that. And so they uh asked the question, try to see gauge where everybody's knowledge was. Uh they said um true or false young men who have been molested are more likely to become, you know, uh, gay as they, you know, uh, identify as homosexual as you know, when they get older. So they asked how many people said yes. This is a room full of maybe 40, 30, 50 some odd uh, child care professionals. Mm. And almost all of them raised their hand. Mm. They said, how many said no? Just me and the director of my site raised our hand and said no. You know, false. And the answer, of course, was false. Right. It does not matter, like, you know, whether or not you are uh, taken advantage of as a child, it's not going to develop, uh, affect your sexual orientation. Exactly. Now, it might affect how you are able to relate to sex. It might mm-hmm. affect how you're able to, you know, uh, uh, be, uh, how you relate to intimacy too. But, mm-hmm. It, but it, it it won't change your sexual identity like that that's literally something that we're finding more and more it's just something that's inherent yeah. although um and i feel like the biggest problem is that everyone thinks that someone else is getting something that they're not and sometimes they are like women on the on the broad scale we have to allow space for men to have the same uh sexual freedom that women do and what i mean by that is mm-hmm. a woman can literally uh like and so there comes a point where a woman where people are like uh surprised if a woman hasn't had a same-sex experience at a certain age they're surprised they're like you ain't never really mm-hmm. right but with a guy it's just expected that no he's never like of course he hasn't never done that so, but <laughs> what? But even if he does, if he does say something, you know, if he does, like, oh yeah, I have had that experience. All of a sudden, he automatically is. It has to be gay. He has to be this. But a woman can say that can have an entire relationship with another woman throughout college, and then come out the other end and be like, you know what? I'm decided. You know, it wasn't for me. You know, <laughs> but a guy can't do the same thing. It's our fluidity is something that I feel like men should have the opportunity to be as fluid as well. Because it's just, it's an, one, it's an experience. It's a pleasurable response to be able to, to have sex and be, to have that pleasure. And so why can't a man experience it in the way that he sees fit? As long as it's consenting and with a person who's able to consent. Mm-hmm. And, it's not, and as long as, the, and, and, and it's not even just about that, it's about the true explanation of true you know, of their, of their, of their, of their, of themselves, how they relate to the people around them how, mm-hmm. and the levels with which they can connect to different expressions of humanity. Yeah. Like it's that, it, that's literally what it's that about. It's that deep. Yeah. You and know. 
And it feels like it's just a way, like if a man says they had a sexual encounter with a man, it's just a way to relegate them and treat them like shit. Right. And that's not fair. Right, exactly. And um, and I feel like at the same time, on the other spectrum, women should be allowed the same sexual freedom that <laughs> men are. <laughs> and what it's, I mean by that is mm, like, yes. you yes. know, a woman, uh, a woman can literally kiss a boy for mm. once in high school and she's a slut. Oh my god! But I a man could have sex with. And, 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 I've had sex with over a hundred people, and everybody's like, "Oh, you're a god! Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're a sex god!" Da 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 da. This whole lock and key bullshit that's going on on these Andrew Tate podcasts and the Fresh and Fit. I'm just like, y'all are dumb. Mm-mm. Y'all are dumb. And it's just, why do we? I just wish we could just get rid of these old antiquated things because it's like, I feel like I hope this is just the last vestiges of patriarchal bullshit still just trying to hold on to some type of relevancy because it's dumb it's just no longer serving people it's making people more uh it's it's not allowing people to express their emotions it's not allowing people to express themselves sexually or to or just in any way because it's so suffocating with what it allows men and women to do yeah, I mean, honestly, I believe you're right. I think this is the the death throes of like an extinguishing monster, an ancient monster, mm-hmm. as it slowly fades into the abyss forever. Right. It knows that the that the world always leans towards the good, and mm-hmm. even though we have to kind of be refined by a lot of these things, we're overcoming a lot of just basic uh, tenets, which you know, uh, humanity. Like when we first came into existence, we had to to, to overcome me versus us, you know, mm-hmm. uh, sacrificing a little bit of individual freedom so that for the betterment of a larger group and we can share resources and expand. But now we're still trying to get over us versus them, trying mm-hmm. to see groups that are different than us as the same as us or equal or worthy of of existing, you mm-hmm. know. Like that's 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 the biggest the hardest part that we're coming through. But once we realize, like, once you if you free the least the most oppressed person in the room, then everybody will be free. It's oh beautiful, and and that's the main thing that I want to get for us because the more that I decolonize and see things the way it is, one it makes me mad, but two it also is a very freeing thing just to be able to see the world as it is, but see people as they are and as people who deserve, and it's not like you earned anything. No, you deserve to feel safe, to feel loved, and to have nice things happen to you. You didn't have to earn it by doing X, Y, Z. No, you're alive. Therefore, you should be treated as a as a person. And that's one thing I just want people to, just, to get. This is like, why are we worried about what other people are doing? As long as they're not hurting another person, place, thing, animal, child just 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 chill the fuck out <laughs> like, oh, we, we, it, we need to feel better than people and i don't i don't care about that i just want to live be happy and travel mm-hmm. eat, fuck and sleep you know and be right sleep. i don't repeat. want anything else and repeat until the last day of, that i'm on this earth and i see what the what was at the end of what the, the end gonna be <laughs> what the end gonna be and like until then I'm letting I'm letting God, the universe, sort it out, honey. Because I don't got no time to be trying to police other people's bodies, and their and their the things that they do. Like it's just not right. It's, mm-hmm. it's I'm tired of it. Let's just stop. 
The simple way, the simple way to put it, and I've always said it, I said this a lot. Our forefathers had it right. They had it right in the words, but not in the execution. Mm. Everyone has the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yes. And if what yes. you do does not encroach on my right to live and vice versa, we're mm -hmm. good. If exactly. what I do does not encroach on your right to have freedom, to be free and uh, you know have liberty and vice versa, we're good. And if my what I'm doing doesn't encroach on your right to pursue happiness as you see fit and vice versa, then we're good. Now mm -hmm. I don't necessarily mean having opposing doctrine, but I don't but I mean if as long as you're not going to courts and trying to put your doctrine into law and affecting you know my ability to live my life as I see fit, mm -hmm. then we we're fine. Exactly. Because it's like what trips me out about America in general, and I know we're almost over, but mm -hmm. what trips me out about America in general is that mm -hmm. they were like, we don't want Sharia law, but you're literally putting Christian, you're making laws based on Christian doctrine. Right. And what honestly, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. thing. It's same thing. And it's also Abrahamic uh, religion. Right. It's under the same umbrella, y'all. Same thing. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing, just a different name. <laughs> right. Well, me personally, I pray to the Orishas and ancestors every day. I saw that. that. I saw that. <laughs> so you talked about the Orishas, and I was like, you know about the Orishas? I'm not really surprised at all. I just I oh, haven't yeah. seen a lot of people talk about that on our Facebook, on my Facebook. And so mm -hmm. I was excited to see that, and I've been I've been wanting to get more into the African this is the spirituality, the spirituality of our people before we were colonized. Exactly. Like, this and is they, like, and, and 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 honestly, I understand there's so and there's so much fear in a lot of us and mm -hmm. embracing another spirituality because we're taught by Christianity that we will die and go to hell and that, yeah. that, that our souls will burn. But the Orishas are older than this religion. The Orishas mm -hmm. predate this, and they have no hell. They don't burn us for 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 for, for making mistakes for yeah. living. They guide us, and yeah. if you listen to them, they will make sure that in that your end you're gonna be you know uh uh better than where you are now. Yeah, and I do a lot. I've been doing more ancestor work. Like I have like to the people that I lost, like my father, one of my mm -hmm. friends, my aunties. And I would just talk to them and I'd be like, you know, I know y'all got me. Just keep it calm, honey. I'm trying to get this anxiety together. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. So even, you know, even the understanding of uh, our connection to the ancestors, if you really, really think about it biologically, physiologically, your blood, the blood that courses in your veins mm -hmm. is thousands of years old. It can mm. be traced back to the very beginning yeah. because... Think about it, like anatomy-wise, how how we're born. When you have a baby, you form it within the blood and flesh of yourself with the mm -hmm. DNA components that were given to you by you mm -hmm. know uh, the the uh, the father or the or sperm-giving person, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, and that and, and the same process happened for you with your mother yeah. and yeah. your mother before her. And her mother before her, and her mother before her. So what's the mm -hmm. same thing? So what's the thing being re recycled every time? The blood. The flesh, you're made of the recycled blood and flesh of that for everyone from back and back and back. This blood mm -hmm. in you has existed for centuries, for millennia. Millennia, yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you know? Did you hear um, about a Lapita Nyongos that they traced her blood back to the mitochondrial Eve? Wow. She I, was like, Eve. I was like, yeah, yeah, I see it because that woman is just gorgeous and she just seems like the nicest freaking person in the world but 
yeah, I was like, see, like when you said that, I was like, man, yeah, we are, we are so much more than what we we live in the current and in the present. Like we have so much power, and mm-hmm. I think that's what slavery and this these systematic things have done to us. It disconnected us from our ancestors. It disconnected us from the the teachings, the and the the pride that we have as a people and I remember having a conversation with my friend we were talking about and this was years ago about like black people being arrogant and I was like why not why can't we be arrogant why can't we find joy in ourselves and celebrate our wins considering our wins and our losses have never we have never been allowed to celebrate our happy things we all and whenever we do slaves and whenever we do get the opportunity we excel above and beyond in everything that we do. When, when, when you get somebody that really applies themselves, a person of color in whatever field, they're usually going to uh, uh, get to the top of it. And the only thing that keeps them from be, uh, from being recognized at the top of it is whitewashing. and it's a supremacy. I mean, look at mm-hmm. hidden figures. Oh, I mean, why, come on. Why it's do true you story. know about that sooner? Right, true story. They, but we wouldn't have gotten to space if it hadn't been for them. Right. Would not have came back and survived without her mathematical genius. Right. And, and hell, even the contributions that uh, Janelle Monet's character made engineering wise. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then um, Octavia Spencer's character, you know, learning how to work the computers and being able to train the other ones to do to do so. Exactly. She single handedly helped them increase their processing power so that they could have the data to do it. It's like literally. It, it, their contributions are are invaluable. I mean, think yeah. about the the. I mean, and obviously, George Washington Carver created uh, a alternative fuel. Peanuts, peanuts is an alternative fuel, but of course, they don't want to use that because of the fact that you know it could put you know uh, oil out of business, gas out of business. They they don't care about true investment. They care about capitalism. It's yeah. crazy. And the same thing with like just drugs in general, like. The, we, I feel like as Americans, we would have been the most healthiest society if capitalism didn't get in the way. Of mm-hmm. instead of the cure being the thing, they want to cure the symptoms, but or treat the symptoms and not give us a cure. Because if they treat the symptoms, then they're going to keep coming back. So you have mm-hmm. to keep coming back to keep treating the symptoms. If right. I cure you, you don't have to come back to me anymore. Exactly. So where's my money coming from? Where my money, where my endless amount of income for my generations of children to sustain themselves off of, off the lives and the deaths of many people. Like, whoa, honey, we can go on all day. Um, We're really good, but I know our time is up. Right. But the one question I want to ask you just before I, I get, before you go, is I ask everybody is, when did you fall in love with your blackness? Hallelujah. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> fell in love with my blackness. Wow. You know, I think I fell in love with my blackness one day when I was uh, in middle school and we had learned a little bit about like Egyptian mythology and things like that. I started doing uh, some research, happened to come across a, a, a documentary on History Channel about the pyramids. Mm-hmm. And how to this day, or at least at that time to that day, they couldn't quite figure out how they were made because the stones that were there came from so long, far away and were so heavy. They're like, how did they get them this far? Right. And I was just like, you know, that's amazing that a bunch of black folks made 
something that's standing thousands of years still to this day, and they can't even figure out how they put it there. <laughs> that's a good point. Man. So, ain't we amazing? <laughs> yeah. I feel like that was like a, 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 a unknowable fuck you to the white people. Be like, we ain't even tell you all our secrets. <laughs> Period. Period. <laughs> on the pyramid, okay, honey? Hot period on the pyramid. Hot pyramid. But uh, that was beautiful. I, I love this conversation. We got a lot of hot takes, honey. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I said some things. I hope y'all ain't going to be mad at me. You know what? I don't yeah. care, actually. I'm sorry. I Come at me. Y'all can find me. My at's yeah. Jarrell Trinity. If you really want to feel some type of way about it, at me. I will. I'll make, we'll make sure. Same goes to me. I'm ready, honey. Just <laughs> because I, I feel like as a people, we really have to break a lot of our walls and start rebuilding new ones because our walls are built have been built by inadequate materials and we and have they were to, built by designers everybody but us exactly and we need to stop taking away from our people with this whole bullshit inviting and start really loving on each other and building each other up and so i hope that i can do the same for you i really love your content i love what you're doing in the city of chattanooga and whatever we can do to support i am here i will want i want to go to the balls I want to mm. see this damn. I want to be in it. I want to see what people are. <laughs> yeah, I want to be what people are. Yes. Well, if they drop the trailer for the new Little Mermaid, Halle Bailey yes. as the Little Mermaid as Ariel. Check that out, y'all. Oh, I'm uh, gonna see that shit a lot. <laughs> agree. Was my favorite movie when I was a kid. I had a problem. I still want to be a little bit of a redhead mermaid. I ain't gonna lie. I love being a redhead, and I want to be in the water all the time. <laughs> Period. <laughs> um, also, Beyonce. Let's just say this real quick. Are we going to Beyonce? Are we finna find tickets, or are we just gonna? Okay, so I love Beyonce. I do. Uh -huh. Definitely a part of the Beehive. But the way my bank account set up, B, you have to. You gonna have? Nah, nah, <laughs> nah, nah. Wait till I get my get money. Right. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> get money. I do love a black sing along. You it makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> right. So if, 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 if it didn't cost three times my rent, I definitely would be up there sharing on the Queen Bee. Come on, some boy, boy, boy. I'll be all I just want to hear Heat It because I love that. I love Heat It. Ooh, yummy, yummy, yummy. Make a bitch heat it. <laughs> <laughs> ten to ten, ten, ten. <laughs> that's my shit I can't oh that's all I want to hear her do but one day one day I guess hopefully she does a Netflix special maybe we can have that as a as a watch party but I know because Lizzo done done like three or four five things on Amazon Prime like Beyonce come on give us something right I mean B-Cella was beautiful but come on we need more all right, it's been a long time, but we need something to fortify our spirits for whatever's coming next. But anyway, right, right, because we are putting us to sleep for the Super Bowl. We need something to wake us up. Okay, okay, wait, wait, okay, okay, okay. I thought she was a little low energy too. I ain't gonna lie, I thought she was. A little but that's low what, but that's what she's always been. Like that's okay. literally how she's always performed. Oh, <laughs> she's always been boring. Oh, okay. I'm gonna be real. Like I was, I was never been a Rihanna stand until anti, and then I was like, let me go the fuck back. And then I'm like, oh, she's amazing. So I, I have a late appreciation. So I did not know she was always low energy, Riri. So, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. I, but I loved it. I was glad to see her. I said, you better be on this stage, flying in the air, bitch. Mm -hmm. With that baby on board, with that love on top. <laughs> well, we we gonna talk right. all day. Girl, girl, bye. <laughs> right. 
Bye. Go signs of tangents. <laughs>